This week on TV Talk with the Sisters, we are talking about an icon, not just from the Black community, but from the Hollywood community. Mr. Sidney Poitier, who burst on the scene in 1947 and just stole our hearts, our minds, uh, as he made his way through each decade, putting on his best performance. This man has done more than I believe I can say any black actor has done today. So listen in. And if you haven't seen his movies, go check them out. You will not be Welcome to TV Talk with the Sisters. I'm Karen. And I'm Regina. And we are here to talk TV. We are still in our season five of Spotlight. And today we are going to spotlight an actor who I love. I think he was like my original love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great actor, but you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not running to the wedding chapel over him. So, you know, that's, that's good. That's good. And so today's actor is Sidney Poitier. Call me (laughs) See, and that's one of your favorite, one of your favorite shows would have never come to be without this man. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. I'm just saying he's not somebody I'm rushing out to you know, Mary, he's okay. He's good. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, not falling all out over him. I love Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier was born in 1927 and he just recently died, which was so, so sad. It was. His first movie was called Septia Cinderella and that was in 1947. Wow. And in this movie, he was a nightclub extra. And he was a he was a nightclub extra. So some of you folks out there who's struggling and y'all just got them little, just know Sidney Poitier, who became this icon, he started out small. His first theatrical movie was No Way Out in 1950. Mm, okay. And then it was 1959 with Porgy and Bess. And uh then into the 60s with um, another one that I do love, Lilies of the Field. Yes, I've heard lots of people talk about Lilies of, of the Field. And I mean, it didn't it didn't hurt that Sidney Poitier is such a good looking man. Yep. You know, he's easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. But just listening to you, I am really impressed by this man making these games, doing all this segregation in Jim Crow, you know? And it was, I mean, and you look at the things, because I remember hearing the stories about Lilies of the Field. This was one of those, like, little low-budget films that he, you know, he had just done, because, you know, you know, as an actor, what you want to do is you want to work. And so when you get work, you know, you negotiate some stuff and say, hey, I'll make this film for this amount of money. And I think this was done, you know, real quick. And mm-hmm. he got it done, but it turned out to be a really good big movie. My favorite scene in that movie is with him when he starts singing Amen. And I'm just thinking, 
listen to his voice. Because, you know, as a little kid, when you're watching these things, you're just thinking, wow, look at that handsome Black man sing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And and now looking back on it, you're like, whoa. Right? Whoa, he's he, he good. He yes. good. <laughs> he real good. And so, like I said, um, and then came along in 1967, one of your favorite movies. And this is this is a good movie. Yeah. And it was in the heat of the night. Listen, listen, best movie ever. Call me Mr. Tess. Listen, what year again did that you say that movie was made? Gina, Gina, that was the one that came after. <laughs> oh. I, I know. Well, what what movie? What what year was this made? 67. 67. Mm-hmm. In this movie, didn't he slap Rod Steiger? He did, because Rod Steiger hit him and he hit Rod Steiger back. Ah! Now that right there, come on now. That was ambitious. Right? That was very ambitious for this black man looking good on TV, talking about death in the South, segregated South. And he gonna slap the fire out of Rod Steiger. I said, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sparta, Mississippi. All right, let's go. Let's go. You remember this wasn't on television originally. This was actually in the movie theaters. Baby. She was a motion picture star. So this was a theater where white people was in the bottom and black people was in the balcony. Yep. Because they couldn't sit together. Right. And Sidney Poitier slapped slapped the fire out of white men. I'm thinking some places probably didn't open their film in the South. <laughs> you, you don't think it was in Mississippi, Alabama? No, I don't think it probably played when it first opened in Georgia, Mississippi. I think it's some good folks that have just had some struggles with that. <laughs> I just could imagine that whole balcony just erupted. Yeah, Just erupted. Just saying, yeah, hit him again. Hit him, hit him again. again. <laughs> And the other thing, and I mean, you mo- he he had to be on a roll in 67 because the other movie that came out that year was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Spencer Ooh. Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Oh, okay. Sydney was with heavy hitters. Yes, he was. Like I say, he was an icon. Did you know he yeah. was an icon? Yes, yes. You, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. My first... Uh, introduction to him that I can remember was the movies he did with like Bill Cosby them Uptown Saturday Night and let's do it again. Okay. Will you say that again? What was your first what? I said the movies that I remember about him that introduced him to me was the ones he did with Bill Cosby Uptown Saturday Night and let's do it again. Right, right. But he did a whole bunch of other stuff before he got there. I know, but I was just a wee, wee little lass, unaware of what was going on around me. Right, right. And so, like I say, in 67, that was the year he made, what, In the Heat of the Night? Guess who's coming to dinner? But In the Heat of the Night must have really stuck, because then that's when he made the one that you love, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, where he recreate, he continues that that role of Virgil Tibbs, but he is back in Philly, I think, during this time. 
Mm-hmm. He moves to a major city where he is a police officer, where he is the detective, and he is dealing with the issues there. And my favorite one out of the group is called The Organization, and that was 1971. I was like, whoa, look at this man. And you know what? I didn't know this originally. This is something I stumbled into. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. He Virgil Tibbs again? Mm, wait, okay. And this this one is cool. I love the organization because Lottie, Dottie, and everybody is in the organization. Really? When you say everybody, you mean he had other Black actors in it? Yes. We had Damon Wilson. Oh, Lamont. We had uh, Gregory Sierra. Remember Julio from Julio, okay. Um, Ron, I can't think Ron's last name. He played Superfly. Oh, girl, you know, I don't remember Superfly now. That was before my time. I understand. But yeah, this movie this movie was jam-packed with people who would later go on to become very successful. But this, I love the organization because then he is Virgil Tibbs and he's in San Francisco and he's trying to bring down this organization of folks, you know, who who have this crime syndicate going, and it's it's really good. I love that one. That's my favorite of the his Mister Tibbs. I had never known that there was three Mister Tibbs movies. You know, I I'd always known about the Heat of the Night, but the other, you know, the organization. I didn't know anything about that. Right, right, right. And so. But and then, as you say, then he moves into this this era of Uptown Saturday Night. Let's do it again. Love that was the seventies. Uptown Saturday Night was seventy four. Let's do it again was seventy five. And oh, just FYI, Ron O'Neill was super fly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those the movies he did with like Bill Cosby. And Harry Belafonte, Bucking the Preacher, Let's Do It Again, Uptown Saturday Night. Those movies were so hilarious. Yes, yes. It had a great sense of humor to it. It was fun. And just seeing all the Black people on the on the screen who made you laugh, and they was cool, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's our man. That's our man. Then those were great movies. And then he moved on and did these two little spy thrillers somewhere in the late 80s. I love these movies. They were so cool. Mm-hmm. One was called Shoot to Kill. Yeah. In 1988. And the other one was Little Nikita. Yeah. And I just yeah. love these little, I mean, I just love the detective. I loved his way of acting. I love the way he told the story. I just thought. Ooh, this guy is so good. And then in 92, he did Sneakers. And I was just like, this man just, I mean, he was one of those actors who kept evolving. He kept doing all kinds of things. Because think about it, all the different types of movies we have just described to you, he has played completely different types of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Sidney. He could go from the romance to the police to the to the you know comedy and I mean he just he just had such a a range and we loved him in everything I did just the stuff I've seen I I, I just love uh loved him in like I say I ain't you know I'm not rushing off to marry him but 
I, I, there, there's some things I did like about Sydney. Yeah, because he would play these characters, these amazing characters that just had depth. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, some folks we enjoy, like like we enjoy Denzel. He would play Malcolm and he would play all these characters that had yeah. depth, different people who we know. But Sydney would play these unknown characters who had depth, like from Little of the Field yeah. or from In the Heat of the Night. Mr. Tibbs, yeah. I mean, Mr. Tibbs was a superhero all by himself. Oh, yeah. When he walked into that yeah. town and said, uh-uh, this is how we going to do this, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, he really fought for it in a time when we needed it. Yeah. Yeah. And just doing the time tight... he was doing this stuff. Right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have tights and a cape, but he was a superhero. He had to be, to get up on that stage and to act the way he did, knowing what the world was going through at the times he was he was doing these movies. So, I mean, yeah. and and we didn't really go into it, but guess who's coming to dinner was one of those things. Uh, and you think about in 1967, that was when loving the um, the loving the uh, case about interracial marriage went mm-hmm. through. And so, and guess who's coming to dinner? He plays this young, I think, doctor who wants to marry this Anglo woman, and he goes home to meet. He goes to meet her parents, who happen to be Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. And they're just kind of like, what are you going to do? I mean, this is going to ruin the rest of your life. <laughs> this is not the life we had planned for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, 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 and it's so telling, though, that art was leading the way. Art was like, okay, world. Okay. It was still ambitious, though, to put that on the screen. And to be the person putting that on the screen, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. the face of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, up until that point, we was like, ooh, Sydney, yeah, you, yeah. And then you're like, Sydney, you you on there with a white woman? Wait a minute, what you doing, Sydney? Right. And then it was like, okay, but that equality that he's trying to portray and show, I'm sure it was a sense of pride, I would think. I don't know. I don't know if the temperature was then, but seems like it's a sense of pride for him to step out and to say we have the right to love, you know, white people and they have the right to love us. That was a bold statement in 67. To be, to be out front saying this, okay? Yes. Like yes. He wasn't like, he wasn't pushing behind, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't behind uh-huh. it, coming up behind everybody saying, yeah, he was one of the folks stepping out front. And so that 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 is one of the things I totally respect about him and his art is because yeah. he did, he took a lot of first steps for everybody. He really did. He really did. Salute, salute, Mr. Portier, salute. Yes. Now I can't think of any type of role that this man could have played that he hadn't because he he ran the gambit on all of it. I mean, he he did some of everything, but I mean, he had a very long career to do it. I mean, started in the 50s until the 90s. And so he did amazing things. I agree. Now, I mean, if I had a magic wand and was able to do whatever I wanted to do, I would like to see him as like, the I don't know father of a gangster or something the old old head with all the knowledge sitting back in his mansion saying now listen here boy you be careful you know (laughs) just in his silk pajamas you know right right full of wisdom 
you know, that would have been, that would have been good to have, you know, Sydney out there just being just a boss, just a boss, you know. I love that. I love that, Gina. I love that. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all, that's all we have on Sydney Poitier. We thank y'all for joining us today. And if you want to leave us a message on Twitter or Facebook, you can let us know what you think about Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Just throw, throw a shout out to, to to us and let us know what you think. And if you haven't seen his movies, go back and watch them and, and just keep in mind the time period, what the nation was going through during the times of those movies. And it will just really blow your mind. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. TV Talk is produced by Karen J. Anderson, music by Karen's friend Dave, and Regina Anderson just shows up to talk. Yeah.